Good evening, D-Class. Welcome to another SCP discussion. Today we have gathered here with a group of uh, researchers, ranging from your usual cast as well as our special D-Class guest, Phoenix, Hi. as we discuss the wonderful work and talk to Dr. Locke and their entries into the SCP universe. Locke, would you please uh, introduce yourself? Hello, I'm uh, S.D. Locke, uh, author on the SCP Wiki, most likely known for the deadly laser sun uh, that melts people into shaded. Cool. Probably. Yeah, any, uh, any interests and hobbies that you might want to talk about? Maybe a little bit about your writing background, just so everyone kind of has a better picture of like how long you might have been doing this sort of thing? Oh, Goodness, I don't really have a background in writing outside of this. Uh, SCP is just kind of like a little little side hobby that I started. Uh, I haven't really written anything uh, beyond this, although, no, I just, I'm really bad at that type of uh, I just wanted to say, before we ask you more questions, um, so, <laughs> uh, okay, how, 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 how am I going to go about saying this? Um, First off, I just want to say it's like it's like, this is my fangirl moment. So, so, so g give me a minute here. Uh, it's really cool that uh, you've decided to be on our show <laughs> because I, I would spend um, like I remember like being like a sophomore in like band and reading your like getting into SCPs. I went to zero zero one. And I'm like, ooh, what's this? What when day breaks and just being like amazed at the story like. You, you get what I mean. It's like, it's really cool to meet you, man. Yeah, yeah. No, no, I know, I know exactly how you feel. Like, uh, like I kind of, I had the same, because I only joined, I only joined like a few years ago. And like, mm -hmm. I've been reading since like the very early days, but like before they broke into like the thousands and stuff. So I had the same yeah. uh, experience when I first joined. And I'm like, oh my goodness, I, I read all your shit. Like, you're so cool. Like, what's up? Like, with these people are just like, okay, thank you. Hi. <laughs> uh... So yeah, it's it's uh, something like a lot of people because you know you you get to like interact with all these creators directly uh, in this community, uh, and it's really easy. To yeah, I mean, it it just seems like it's a very kind of tight knit community, at least from like the other authors that I've kind of looked at and kind of peered into, just to see kind of how things went. Because I was curious about just like the whole SCP process, but like it seems like everyone's kind of come together to create this whole world and universe that is just filled with these weird little doodads and fuck knows what else just to kind of i guess create like a more interesting horrific fiction yeah yeah it's really cool um and that's kind of reason i really like uh like this this whole scp community is like it's such a like wonderfully creative place where like you find all sorts of like really like out there concepts that you really wouldn't see. In, and it's just always, always growing. And there's just so much originality, like still spilling in, you know, 10 years later. Uh, it's a really special project. And, uh, you know, my uh, admiration for it's kind of why I stuck around for as long as I did continuing. Yeah. Oh, uh, I should ask, like, when did you take an interest in writing? Like, when did this all sort of happen? Um, it was probably, um, because I, I never actually, like, 
enjoyed writing like in school or anything like that or just even personally in my off time but you know coming into uh this community and reading all these things and like you know learning that there's people behind it and like you know uh i think it was i was reading through dr clef's work on the uh goc hub and all his stories um outlining like the the, the magic of the universe and stuff like that um just, i want to give this a shot myself and some of the first things i created were uh was a goc article and yeah it's kind of what like really dragged me in was just being inspired by others writing here I mean, that definitely answered one of our other questions was, was it just like, what were some of the influences you had when it came to writing, whether it be like movies or books or oh, you know, all, other all, all sorts of uh, all sorts of uh, inspirations. Um, lots of because I play way too many video games, like lots of lots of old school, like retro, like horror games, like uh, Resident Evil, Silent Hill um, from when I was a kid, uh, like scared the shit out of me when I was a little kid. Like I remember. um the first Resident Evil, like I was, I must have been like eight years old. When you first see that fucking that zombie that's like eating some dude, and it turns into a cutscene where he turns around and looks at you, like I dropped the controller. I was like, "Fuck this!" Out, and like I, it sort of like started my fascination with just like horror and scares and thrills and things. So like that plays into uh, some of my. Uh, this is just a, a slight offshoot from that one. Was there a specific SCP in the early days when you got into it that you thought, oh man, that's really cool? Or did you just kind of like all of the SCPs as they were coming Like, in? it's so many of them, and like for so many different reasons. I think one that really stuck out to me when I first like started perusing through it was like uh, 682. Um, and that was mainly because of the, the test logs. Like, it provides a really good, uh, like, sort of like wiki dive where like you find tons and tons and tons of other articles like through that you're reading that's so, like, the lizard right yeah yeah it's the lizard yeah the I hard to destroy like, reptile lizard so like that that interconnectivity is kind of like what first got me like really reading a bunch because you know you see oh they tried this on it and something wild happens you're like okay now i have to learn what the hell this thing is and how it works and oh, now that makes sense. And that, now there's another one. Uh, is there any like favorite authors that you have, like in particular, through like just could be out like SCP or just books that you've read? Um, right now, I'd say probably uh, one of my uh, favorite friggin' authors, um, and also a, a pretty big who would be, uh, and I, I might honestly be butchering so. Oh, uh, nice. Uh, yes, yeah. I'm sure you gotta be familiar with uh, yeah, that, that guy has written at least something that I think everybody who's ever been interested in horror on the internet has gotten into. He's yeah. such an amazing author. I highly yeah, recommend his, his Frankenstein. His writing art style just, oh. His Frankenstein, I don't think I've read that one. Yeah, he were, he uh, he wrote his own a, version of Frankenstein. That sounds really cool. <laughs> I, uh, I've, yeah. I have, I have um, to answer your question, read uh, The Enigma of Amigar Fault. Yes. And that one, because um, when you guys were reading through my uh, proposal and uh, 3280, the one with the rain, uh, mm -hmm. you guys noticed that there is a link to a third piece of this sort of like a second person prose dealy that I've been doing with those two uh, mm -hmm. made of clay. 
that is, uh, I'm, I'm like a third, a third of the way through writing that one. And that is sort of uh, loosely inspired by uh, the Amigara Fault story. Oh, that's, oh, that's so, so cool. cool. Yeah. That's awesome. Do you have any wanna... uh, timeline as to when we will see the finished product? Um, I don't know, dude. I'm, I'm just like, <laughs> my, my creative will like just comes and goes at the drop of a hat. Uh, I feel like that. I have um, uh, the one one SCP I I wrote uh, three years ago with like I set it up for like have you ever seen like the old school like, uh, from the first series like exploration like th- on on individual pages like uh, the stairwell has it like that or like the six ten the flesh that hates uh, with uh, the zombie monsters uh, yeah. I put out like one a month later put out the first chapter and then it took me three years to actually start writing the next one. So I finally just posted that last year. So <laughs> it could, it could be whenever, you know, it could, I, I did, I did add a giant chunk to um, it recently. So there's, there's some movement happening with it at least. Good. Well, we, we will eagerly await it, but it is worth the wait. However long. That may yes, be. for sure. Do not rush the art. I was about to say, speaking of art in particular, uh, do you, I, we we know that you like video games, but do you like uh, how do I put this? Uh, do you like jazz and maybe <laughs> anime? I don't listen to a lot of jazz, but I do like anime. Nice. Um, Any particular uh, anime that you like? Uh, probably uh, one of my favorites because I'm apparently twelve is uh, Bleach. Uh, oh no, Bleach was awesome. Which I'm super excited to hear that they are bringing, uh, apparently bringing back to do the Thousand Year uh, Blood War arc. Uh, finally animate that, which yes. Um, I just kind of go in and out. Um, Death Note is another one that I'm a really big fan of for a little while. Oh shit, maybe I'm not that big of an anime fan, huh? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've, no. I feel like I fall into that too. Yeah, I like, do. I, like it's... Uh, go on, go, go on. on. <laughs> I was just gonna say that there are some there are some anime shows that are very very anime esque like Bleach and like Death Note. If you like them, I'd still say you're an anime fan. It's just you, I, I don't think you have to be a seasonal anime fan to count yourself as part of the part of the anime conglomerate. Especially since Bleach is uh one of the big three. But for me, all right, good to know my uh, my weeb status is still uh. You, you can still have your card. Yeah. You still have yeah, your card. You can, cool. you can keep got, the weeb card. I got my does weeb that, card. Does that mean my ma's a weeb then? Because she watched a lot of Dragon Ball. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. super weeb. That's super weeb. I'm sorry, but that's one of the introductories. Almost, that's God almost the it. definitive weeb anime. I right. was born yeah. into this. <laughs> You're molded, molded by it. it. <laughs> Sergio, you had a question. I haven't seen Western show. Hmm. Uh. <clears throat> Uh, yeah, um, uh, I guess, uh, we should go, how did, how did you discover the SCP wiki? Like what, what got you on the path? Um, uh, it was, it was weird. And a few other people have had this happen to them and I've actually done this to other people myself, but, uh, what happened was somebody had one of the pages like loaded up on their phone. They're like, yo, check this out. He's like, this is like a secret government, like da da da, like passing it off as like authentic and real. And I was mm. much younger, much dumber at the time. I'm like, oh shit, like this shit looks serious. Like, and it took like I don't, I only I didn't like click any links or anything like that. So I just saw the page and like you know it's all scientific 
esque documentation. So like when some, when some people actually believed it was real. Yeah. Uh, so fun. so that's 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 how I found out about it was uh, being fooled into thinking it was uh, an authentic like conspiracy. I think I think I'm just um, not remembering. You know SCP five. Go ahead. What's it called? I just want to say because um, I remember my one the uh, how I found SCP was my friend sent me the floppy disk that gives you a bunch of fetishes from the like 1000 series um because he thought it was really funny <laughs> oh yeah i completely forgot about that one that one's fucking nasty <laughs> what are you gonna say matt well i was gonna say i i'm just now remembering um scp 597 which the description of which i can only say is uh the giant titty blob monster that I think was actually my first SCP. I'm, I'm oh assuming you didn't have quite so traumatic a first <laughs> SCP. Why? Why would you ever come back if that was the first one you saw? I was so flabbergasted when I realized somebody actually sat down and spent time writing that. That I just I had to see what else was in there. Not to mention I got into the SCP-173 craze when the the single player game came out a long time ago. And I was uh, yeah, very interested in bus players doing that. Yeah, so. I was I, I was gonna say I got into SCP when the Oh it's yeah. it's been a long time now. I feel like an old man. Has it really been ten years? Yeah, it must oh have been gosh. about ten years. Yeah, I remember crazy. that around when Skyrim came out. I, I know that was so like I remember that specifically because I think I was I know I was in the cafeteria. I don't remember where uh what's like school level I was. But I was like, I was just kind of watching and I saw a notable YouTuber, Markiplier Markiplier, playing through uh, SCP Containment Breach. And I was like, wow, that looks like a PS1 game. But I appreciated the art. Oh, dear. It came out, it came out in 2012, April 5th. Oh, my God. Almost at 10 years. Oh, dude, that's a that's like, a, oh, gosh, dear I feel Christ. old. I'm really old. Oh, my we're goodness. All, we were all small children. We all fucking aged. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm sure where you we where gained you wrinkles. I am curious. Uh, I can't remember. I probably should have asked you before the start of the show, but what was your first SCP? My first? Uh, you actually read it. It was the 2193, uh, the uh, the X-Men Syndrome one, with the, uh, oh. the, the protein bars that give you uh, broken-ass superpowers. That's that crazy. was your first one? That's, wow. That's a, damn good, that's a damn good one for your first. I'm, I'm glad I picked start. that one now. I'm not sure if yeah. that was my first article. Let me say 20th of July. Yeah, so my first article was actually a Geos article, like uh, uh, something from their perspective. Hmm. But your first actual SCP was 219. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a that's a pretty good one. How did you come Great up with Great job. Past lock, great job. <laughs> I think I was like, I was just into reading like a bunch of like weird shit on like TV tropes and cracked at the time, and uh, I was reading a bunch about like a uh, uh, secondary superpowers that like you need to make your superpowers work, otherwise you die in horrible ways. And I was like, I could make that into an SCP, and that's uh, pretty much the entire thought process behind it. It's not, it's not that deep. <laughs> I mean, that's Close. that's better than most. I would say there there are some SCPs on here that I'm amazed that somebody actually wrote and got it. Yeah, like you got you got your uh your weird ones. It, like you got your weird ones that are like you know, you got the, the what is it the the water monster? I forget the number, but it's like you touch water and you get warped into this ocean where you get eaten by like a leviathan or something. Oh yeah, it's uh, it's one yeah. of our series ones. And then you got 
others that are just like, yeah, it's a thing that kills you. Uh, I like, um, what is it? The, there's one, it's like, uh, if you solve this one particular math equation, it makes a fucking bear appear. <laughs> oh, it's so it's so good. It's so good. Um, the bear like are you, you afterwards, to... or does it just make a bear? Uh, it's it's a bear. So I mean, what a bear uh, get? It'll totally <laughs> eat your ass. Like if that... I was a bear and I disappeared somewhere, it's, uh, I would roll the fuck S- out of you. SCP thirteen thirteen, aka Solve for Bear. Yeah, I think we'll have to read that one. Yeah, there's some really wild, wild, wild concepts. The candy bars one was at least a little deep because you had us for like ten minutes trying to figure out what uh what exactly happened to the guy who ate mock mallow. Mm. Yeah, the mock mallow being a redacted is one of the best uses of redaction I've seen, just because the implications are very, very scary. Hmm. Yeah, I try not to. I try not to overdo options uh, in my shit. Just yeah, we talk a lot about you. how that's something that we Thank don't you. like. It's just over over redaction. Yeah, I should say. Yeah, speaking speaking of uh, things we don't like, what are some SCP tropes that you just cannot stand outside of like the redaction? Uh, tropes. I think probably uh, my most hated trope. So. I mean, I, given given that it's like a short format, you don't have a lot of room to work with. With like, uh, like it's it's hard to like really like build narratives and establish characters and have them grow throughout a narrative. Like it, it's a it's a challenge to you know work it into this weird format you have. So I understand like it's kind of hard to do, but I don't like when like as a shortcut to make people feel for a character. Like it's just like that they, they sort of have a uh, like a sad sack character that just always has bad things and bad things and bad things happening to them so like you kind of feel bad for them as a shortcut to like actually establishing like you know a, f- a more well-rounded character if if that makes sense yeah yeah that, i mean that makes a lot of sense like you can't really delve too deep into a character so instead of like giving them some you know proper personality you're just like this person just has a ton of misfortune well, feel, happen to them and there's nothing they I can feel do like, about uh, it 3001 yeah, Red Reality does a pretty good job of characterizing uh, Dr. Scranton before his unfortunate demise. Yeah, that's a that's a really good example. So, I mean, you discussed how you don't like that trope. Is there any particular way that you would go about maybe taking that trope and trying to make it better or potentially fix it? Um. Yeah, there's actually one that's really relevant because I, I also did like a uh, critique on this site when I was actually more useful and not just like a lazy asshole. Um, so one ex- like one thing I did want to go over and because uh, I, I did like little tiny like miniature like uh, columns sort of like in the comment sections of certain articles, uh, just talking about like the writing process. And one that does do a uh, very good characterization for uh, somebody who has bad shit happening to him would be uh scp 3009 it's titled uh hi i'm your snappleganger and like it's weird it's got uh, it's like uh some girl who's like trapped inside of like the internet kind of but one thing that makes uh you know and you know terrible shit happens and it's kind of like messed up as you go through it but what makes it kind of work is like you you have interview logs where like they talk with her and stuff like that. And it's not all like bleakness all the way throughout. Like she has like lighthearted moments. There are silly things that happen. Like she has like, a, like I said, like a more well-rounded character. Cause it's not all just like on just 
trying to make you feel bad for that's more like they're building her a personality and letting you learn to like you know empathize with them yeah i mean yeah that does i mean you, you do have that as a challenge it's one of the big challenges that you have to face um is there any specific challenges or things you learned when you were creating your first SVP? Um, no, my first one was pretty straightforward. I mean, I do try, um, cause again, like I said, like I really enjoyed this, this whole project and the amount of creativity here. Uh, so I do like with certain things, like I really try to push and challenge, like, uh, especially during like contests and stuff. Like that's my favorite part about participating here. Uh, for instance, the, uh, the, my zero zero one proposal that we, uh, you guys read, uh, that was for the, uh, 3000 horror contest originally. And mm. there's a self challenge for me there to say like, okay, I'm going to do a second person prose horror story, um, and make it actually work as an SC itself. Uh, five, nine, nine, nine was a different view because the, um, the SCP format, you, you put a full story into the context of documentation. So I thought, okay, well what if we could further crunch things down by putting like a single set, have like a, uh, a single section within the article be an entire self-contained story. So uh, five, nine, nine, nine is a challenge to do like essentially is an entire horror anthology in a single SCP file. So like, I always try to like do different things and, you know, further see like how I can, you know, do wild shit. You basically wanted to push yourself with it, which I yeah. think I think definitely definitely paid off. It's a very unique. So what, why exactly did you uh, decide um, to take the, um, the, the you know you said Daybreaks was a three thousand contest entry. What made you want to change it to zero zero? Oh, um, well, it was in the contest and it was doing pretty good just because you know just you know the horror of the story. It was a horror. Um, so it was doing pretty well for that. However, uh, there was a few, uh, just upset at the idea that this could really, uh, win the SCP 3000 slot. And with the pros intertwined with the story, they were like, oh, well, we don't want this to kind of set the example for us moving forward. So uh, people were downvoting it, not based off of not liking the writing. They, oh, this is really great. But so after a little while of that, I was like, you know what, uh, fine and i just deleted it and i put it as a uh proposal kind of sus not gonna lie of them to be doing that um <laughs> eh, a little is bit. there I mean, like a, um like can anybody submit a zero zero one proposal like is is there like a little bit like a have a higher standard to getting yeah. one on there i there's there's definitely a higher standard like people uh like you know there is yeah. the the vote threshold like everything is put to a vote to um so i mean you can you could you could do a zero zero one if you wanted to uh right out the gate but they're just looked at a little gotcha. bit more harshly Does, uh, than other articles are so do you know if the wiki has a defense I mean, against possible. like downvoting because like what happens if me and 11 other dudes decide that this one scp with zero of votes just shouldn't be on the side and we all hit downvote yeah i mean you can you can look at any pages mm -hmm. uh vote history and going to the bottom and then there's another side site operated by this user named uh 59 fcpper.com 
and that actually has like uh, actually has like full analytics for the entire site stretching back to its creation. So you can look at like let's say uh, you did that like one day out of the blue, just twenty people got together, all your friends, and downvoted something. You know, somebody could just look up that page on here and say, oh, well, this all happened at the same time. Obviously, these people are like, gotcha. you know, brigade. They could take action from there. The staff could. Because there was this one article we read. The, um, well, which good. one? It, it, it's it's the yeah. one where like the, the two satellites go on Tumblr. Yeah, you know what I'm talking 27, about. 27, 21. Yeah, we, yeah, that one yeah. I know had been like locked yeah, the satellite from. Uh, yeah, that was not one. <laughs> and we, we took a look at it and we were like, yeah, I don't. This is this is good. Like this this is this shouldn't be as controversial as it turned out to be, but you know how people on the internet are. Yeah. Yeah, that uh that was created, uh, and it just like I mean it did okay. It was like a hundred and something, and like it did okay. Like it was just like it sat around for a couple years, like without much attention to it. And then uh some uh YouTuber saw it and put out like a, a video about it like oh um you know and it just caused like hundreds of people it and downvote it in mass you see or something yeah we we just we try not to talk about that thing it's yeah. most it's mostly like it's basically every time somebody gets i was gonna say so that just reminded me the, i wonder how that dude the, the that russian dude who tried to like buy the scp foundation or whatever i wonder how, how he's doing right now um, I think that's actually still ongoing. I know they won something. Uh, t- I don't really follow this shit, but uh, they they won something regarding the case. But there's still like there's still a ways to go before it's all. Yeah, getting uh, jumping back to the the whole SCP. You know, we talked about zero zero one, and I understand the very uh, the like the scrutiny that tends to happen with those because mm-hmm. it's a little you know it's it's a higher bar to set. It's like you know it's zero zero one. It's the first one. Uh, yeah. Are there any like proposals that you specifically really enjoy by other uh, creators? Um, quite a few. Let me see. I think uh, what might be my favorite might be uh, uh, Kellenin's proposal. Almost solely due to the fact that it was the most hype fucking thing when it was coming out. Because it was like uh, it was serialized. He came out with it. Yeah, yeah, that was uh, that was absolutely wild. So earlier we asked you about uh, anime and the vidya. Have you ever read uh, just general horror books like Edgar Allan Poe? I can't remember if you said anything about that earlier. Um, yeah, probably like uh, when I was in school. I haven't read uh, much since I've gotten out of school. I'm, uh, ADD, I guess for that. Kind of like why I I read a lot of shit here is because like it's something I could pick up and put down in like ten minutes. Oh, yeah, my concentration is terrible. I got um, what is it um. I am having an absolute brain fart. One. All right. All right. Brain fart over. House of Leaves. I got House of Leaves lately. I just haven't. uh, I just got through the the prologue of that. I'm creepy. I haven't ever read that. What's about? It's like um, there's a uh, a dude that passed away. Old man passed away and they find like all these documents in his house about a uh, it was like a. A critical analysis of some film but the film doesn't exist and all the sources cited don't exist so it like goes between like this guy's story and then the actual documents that he finds about this film and the film's about a family that moves into a house where uh 
the internal dimensions uh, exceed the external dimensions, and then just shit gets insane. Yeah, I'm like, I'm looking at because I looked because uh, the name House of Leaves sounded very familiar, and it was probably because I heard about it through uh, one of those horror YouTubers, probably Nightmind or something. And I looked at it. I'm like, oh my gosh, it's that one. It's got the. There's a lot of like weird things that specifically happened in this book. Like there is just uh, like straight up sketches and Polaroids. Uh, like there's times where like the pages are entirely broken into different like uh, formats. It is absolutely insane, and it, I, I've heard that it's a very good read if you're into horror. Oh yeah, this looks great. Yeah, it's insane. And uh beyond that, I also like um checking out like uh like online creepypastas, things like that. Uh Dionia House is probably the absolute uh my favorite out of all of them. I don't know if you've ever seen that, but that's like uh it's a whole bunch of blog posts like spread out on different websites, all detailing the story of this like messed up house that somebody's trying to find his lost friend that uh went missing. Yeah, I was uh I, I kind of fell down that rabbit hole. Like I'm not super big into horror, but I like narratives that are are able to convey feelings really well. So when I heard of House of Leaves, I was like, okay, I have to go check this out sometime because I'm not super big into horror. But the way that the book is presented in this very unique format is something that I think is very interesting. I think is very unique to kind of like the horror genre as a whole. Mm. Uh, is there I, I would say that like it definitely like SCP is kind of that same sort of boat where it's like it's very unique in how it kind of is presented yeah uh, so I was gonna ask like I mean how would you say writing an SCP compares to maybe writing a usual pics of, uh, piece of fiction like what are the notable differences that you noticed when writing yours um I think one of the main differences is just like, first off, uh, it's just a lot easier than actual straight prose for me. I am just ass at writing straight prose. Um, but it, it operates on all like the same bits of logic. Like, you know, you use your like your special containment procedure should be somebody into reading the rest of the article. Like you have the same attention to in terms of like pacing and atmosphere, depending on. I say overall, it's, it's really similar. It's just a matter of breaking it into uh, a defined uh, style of formatting. Interesting. And how would you then say, like, how would you compare, like, an SCP tale to, you know, how you're usually writing SCPs? Like, what is the differences there? Where are some of the, like, paths that you take specifically to make it fit within SCP, but also to kind of not just be, like, another piece of fan fiction? Um, I'm, I'm honestly not even really sure. Yeah, I'm drawing a blank. Fair. It was kind of a difficult question. I was, you know, just throwing it out there. Um, but, you know, getting back to the writing, like, if you were to write one of your older SCPs today, how would you rewrite? Like, what would you change about it specifically? Um, I really, I really should uh, do a lot of rewriting on my proposal. I think it's, uh, I didn't, um, things that are kind of in the background that I don't really, uh, really flesh out or address enough. Like, 
because it's supposed to be kind of a it like right now it's just sort of like big um like a bad codependent uh just kind of in the background and it's uh i think bringing it more to the fore would give uh full bodiness a little bit more strength to it hmm all right uh how many ideas for scps do you have floating around in your head um too many uh, I actually just got one last night, or not like the night before, and I tried, like, oh, man, I'm, I'm so terrible. I tried to write it because I thought it'd be really cool if, like, hey, you know, it'd be really awesome. I got a sneak peek of something. I missed it yet. But, like, so I got this really good idea, mainly because Mayor. Oh, damn. Uh, yeah. And uh, I, it was just mainly just a uh, a scene uh, that kind of played out, something just really creepy. And I tried to start something up to kind of like right towards that point uh, of the, this little nightmare that I had. And I just I wasn't able to look out. So it's just like I have like half a freaking article just sitting here. Any of them. Yo, Sam, I've got like 10 ideas for stories that I want to write. I've yeah, Sam, I, I started rough drafting my own article because I was just like, I have this idea. I'm surprised nobody did it. I'm going to do it because I, I know this stuff pretty well. And I just sat there. I'm like. I don't want this to just become, oh, it's that thing. But now as an SCP, because like there's a lot of that just like um, sort of twists on just classic horror. Like uh, I, I can't really think of a good example right now. I guess I, probably the best one would just be like the um, I forget the SCP number, but it's the it's like the red hounds that are able to speak in different, like as that's different a, people. That's a, yeah, it's 939. 939. I was just like, like that one's like kind of gives me the vibes of like alien, like xenomorph, just based on like how it's described and like how it kind of operates. I thought that was interesting, but like, it's not just like, it's not the xenomorphs. It's its own beast. Yeah, no, I feel that. I feel that like I taking certain inspiration from like horror things I really enjoy and then trying to uh, SCP treatment, which I did with uh, uh, one recent one I did this year was uh, if you've ever watched the thing. I think we have, uh, we have talked about just like kind of the SCP wiki and some of the ones where you're like, Oh, that's so cool. But like, is there any SCPs in particular that you are just like, anytime you are asked for recommendations, you just immediately point to and go, this is, this is the one. Uh, far, far too many to list, uh, in this single podcast, probably. I actually, um, as like sort of a quality of life improvement for the site, I created this page, uh, sidebar now, and it's basically, uh, sort of like a hall of fame slash best of compilation of like SCPs broken up by genre. So for horror alone, there's, we just, I just added, uh, another same then we got you know sci-fi comedy so pretty much um far too many for me to recommend at once yeah, at least you know we we now know where to go look for the ones yeah. that you particularly looking for are there any i mean you don't have to name them in particular but like is there any scps that you just like don't like whatsoever Oh, goodness. Probably a few. Uh, most of the time, because like, I've read far too many of these to like actually remember. So like, if I don't like it, most of the time, I'm just it's not even going to ever again. Uh, Sorry, I, Matt. I mean, the Titty Monster is a no-go. It's not that the Titty Monster is oh, bad. It's just man. cursed. That shit sucks. 
<laughs> oh yeah, it's of all the SCPs I've read, I don't think any of them really come close to being as just physically unsettling as the tit monster. There's just something very very cosmically unsettling about it. It's not even like a dangerous one. That's the funny thing. Yeah, that's an example of things that have been redacted really well. <laughs> yeah, no. It it's really really cursed cuz it only redacts the scope of things, but you pretty much know exactly what's happening to those people. It's it's un, unnerving and unsettling in the worst of ways. I think uh I think that's actually one of the SCPs I would never ever want to encounter in real life. Do you have one of those log an SCP that just without question you would never want to have to interact with? You'd rather oh, die God. to another SCP. I'd rather die to another SCP. I'd say probably that fucking uh was it 1004 the uh the nobody needs that. That or the there's another one was it 312 is this it? Yeah, the the fan fiction website that I think it turns people into Which one is this? This seems like one we need to... <laughs> I, think, I think you just mean for affinity. What's that? I don't think we need to read it. We'll turn into furries. AKA, I'll just become furrier. That's not how it works, sir. I don't want to do that. Maybe, yeah, you'd be like furry squared. Yeah. Do you know how what happens when you become furry squared? Nothing good. Have you ever seen Midwest Fur Fest at night? Have you seen have the brown nose pup? He should be a real life and I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't want to think about that one either. Up, up, up the shot, Phoenix. Up, shut the fuck. You don't. I don't want to know what that is. Wang has a video on it. If you're curious. Okay. Well, is there any? How about uh, you know, because you said that your first one was the GOI, right? Yeah. Uh, what are some of your like favorite SCP canons or GOIs? Um, say so canons. Name a few. Yeah, canons or GOIs. Canons would probably be the uh, the GO uh, canon because that's that's kind of like what got me into. And I wish I could like actually go the canon page. They changed the whole layout of the site. So Rat's Nest is real fun. That one is like uh, reality is just falling the fuck apart and is aware of like what the foundation is and about Nama. Yeah, there's lots of really fun ones. Aces and Eights, that's like a cowboy. Like it's back in the day and everything is like Old West styled. Like there's Old West for famous ones. That one's really fun. 173 just shoots you if you blink. <laughs> no, I think it's like, uh, what is it? This army of dudes on horseback that nobody can kill. That's an interesting take. Now, do you have a favorite uh, group of interests? I know you must like Wondertainment since yeah. that was your first SCP article. Yeah, Wondertainment's really fun. Uh, I'm not really fan. I think like there's one I'm not of is uh, Wilson's Wildlife Solutions. That's uh, I have not. It's seen like any PETA, but for anomalies, skips with that uh, and GOI before. Yeah, it's kind of like kind of a newer one. And it's got some some pretty okay uh, SCP articles. I think it's just yeah. like, but those serpent's hands really fun. That's like uh, I was following the people in like another universe. Uh, Dado. I was following like those like ones as they were coming out. I found those to be kind of interesting. Yeah, Dado's pretty funny. The um, he's the the gamers against weed guy, right? 
No, I, he's not actually uh, uh, tied to gamers. I think like there's probably some crossovers somewhere, gotcha. uh, but he's not like intrinsically tied to. Uh, he's just like his own. Gotcha. Because I, I don't know. I, maybe something I was himself. reading, I was getting the two of them like conflated with each other. But both of those are interesting, especially because we're uh, we're we're kind of a uh, gamers here. So you think you could fan in? Nobody, nobody backs me up on that. <laughs> just a bit. I wouldn't say that I'm full gamer mode. Yeah, I'm not backing you up on it. I'm just saying we're a little bit. <laughs> you may be a little gamer. Well, we do a little gaming. I mean, speaking of gaming, I mean, we talked about SCP Containment Breach, but I do have to ask. Like, this is just like a hypothetical. If you had, like, all the resources in the world to do, like the perfect SCP game or movie or TV series, what would you make? Um, ah, that's tough. It would, I think probably a game would afford like the most, uh, potential for like going throughout the universe. Like, I think like with how much shit there is like a movie. So I think maybe something like if you ever played a uh, control, which is basically, uh, I've played a little SCP, bit of it. the game. Something. Oh like yeah. That, control. Like, yeah. Yeah, it's a weird game, but yeah, that's fair. I had a, I had an idea for a game. I, I mentioned it on like our very first SCP uh, episode, where my, my idea for the game would be kind of like a four person like co op type deal. Uh, you're a, you're a mobile task force, um, and like there would be different like game modes. Like you'd have like object retrievals, or you'd have like more kind of shootout like type missions with like the chaos insurgency or like clearing out infestations of stuff, just like different game modes. So like what, like to cover all the different facets of the foundation. No, but that is cool though. Like a, like it's kind of like a squad based combat, but with like different play styles because you know, the breadth of like you're either fighting another group or like, yeah, it'd be like, an anomaly, like, like if you're containing an anomaly, it'd be more like puzzle based with how exactly yeah, think... you, you're supposed to contain it. Cause it might not just be something you can just like shoot to death. Or like shoot to uh to capture. Yeah, like each one, like you'd have like uh like different rules. I don't, I don't know, I don't know if D and D is like a good comparison with like how you have to be creative with like how you approach a threat. Yeah, I don't know if that. I, most I mean, of the occasionally DMs you have to be creative. Yeah. It depends on the DM. Yeah. yeah, most of the DMs I've ran into usually result in I will stab you or I will pull the shonen and stab you harder. Yeah, if I could actually write more for my campaign, I'd probably do that. There is that um, we've always wanted to do that SCP tabletop. No, there is. Is there, there an SCP tabletop? There, there, is, an S- there, is, there is, is an SCP tabletop uh, that I found for RPG. There's also there. There's one that's that's like uh, I can't remember what it's called. Jake showed it to me. It was like point green or something like that. That's basically just like an SCP tabletop, but it's like. A lot more fleshed out. I'll have to ask him about it. But the the, the, the an SCP tabletop oh, exists um, out on Drive Through RPG. But yeah, that's a uh, that's pretty cool. It's SCP is now um SCP isn't really ubiquitous now in internet culture, I guess. But it's gotten really popular lately, hasn't it? It feels like almost everybody that I talk to knows about it now. <laughs> Maybe that's just where I frequent my uh, my social circles, though. Possibly. 
Headset's becoming like a little, little more mainstream, like a little less niche over time. It's certainly not like, you know, a incredibly popular like property or. Yeah, I mean, there is like dedicated channels to SCP specifically. So I feel like, you know, it's it's definitely something that people have an interest in. It's just one of those things. It's like you kind of have to be around that time when like containment breach released to like really know about it. Cause I feel like that's like most of the audience kind of knows about SCP either through like stumbling on a Volgun video or they just grew up knowing that Markiplier or PewDiePie, whoever played that containment breach game and just kind of fell down that rabbit hole. I think another thing that um, I kind of want to ask is just like, is there really any like specific, like whether it be good or bad interactions that you've had with the SCP community while we're on that topic? Um, no, I mean, uh, I pretty much, uh, pretty good interaction with most people. I don't get, uh, too caught up with, uh, interpersonal dramas or anything like that. So, I mean, my interactions are like, just not very personal. Just, what do you think, like, just to kind of wrap up everything on the SCP Foundation, what do you think sets the SCP Foundation apart from other horror works? Um... I think it's just like it started like really kind of focused on these these really short little tiny horror pieces like oh here's a creepy item that you know kills you and they but over time like it's just incorporated you can find so many different types of uh content here so I think like it's it's real strength which lies in the variety of the community the people gaining it is just how open it is it and put their work out there uh and be a part of the community I mean, and you said, like, anyone can really join. Is there any, like, advice that you'd give to potential writers that are looking into getting to SCP or into horror, maybe specifically? Because, I mean, you're, you've are you got quite the repertoire. Figured maybe you would have some pretty solid advice for anyone that was curious about maybe taking a stab at making a draft at the least. Honestly, uh, the only and probably best advice is simply just to read and yeah, it doesn't even have to be like SCPs in general. It could be anything. Just read, uh, watch, watch things that you're in, and try to think about like, you know, the content you like to consume. Like, what about it is it that you own? And you know, think about how you could, you know, learn through observation and apply it to your own work. That's pretty solid advice. Now, as I go, yeah, as I go ahead and burn uh, SCP info dash J, Phoenix, you had one last question that was on the SCP. Yes, uh, there's one entire, just important question that I've been dying to know ever since this interview. The suspense is killing me. Got any games on your phone? Um, probably Among Us. (laughs) <laughs> god damn it uh the yeah, way that, that we end in the questions the I have. is by among us i never i never felt like this huh? experience could happen where somehow some way in an interview the word among us is stated sergio you got to tell him about the phantom among us that happened while reading one of his actual scps <laughs> A phantom among us? While we were recording uh, the episode we did dedicated to you, uh, when we're doing the, the tale, 
uh, while we're like wisp, like doing the whispers, I hear Matt go, "Amogus," but I didn't say anything because I, because 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 I, I knew it would break the, the 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 thing we had going, <laughs> and I went like back to like when I was editing the episode, I heard it. Um, and I believe, I believe it, it, I believe it's in the episode. I don't know if it got cut out with the truncate silence or not, but I think it's still in there. But I went and I looked at, like, I listened to Matt's, like, um, on, like his unedited, like audio track to find it. It's, it's not on there. Yeah. It's one of the scariest things that has ever happened to us in our entire lives. We are terrifying out. It might now, have been one of the SCP. I forget the SCP number, but it's uh, when the is it when the imposter is sus. Yes, they're manifesting and it, now, and it's uh, it's amazing sequel. Uh, the imposter is sus two nightmare hour. <laughs> Wait, that's a thing. That's an actual fucking thing, and it gets it gets <laughs> so much fucking. Cra- it gets insane. Like, okay, well thought, now I have now we have to read this. If you thought there wasn't enough we'll story, we'll have to write that down up, and read it with more than covers it. That does sound fun. Yeah, I'm wondering if there is an SCP related to Fortnite because I know Jake really likes Fortnite now. When is it, when is SCP being added to Fortnite? That's Damn, my bro. Question. Now this is gonna sound really strange, but I think what you were telling me about with this uh, this sort of Mandela effect that you had, where you found where you, where you read Among Us in that tale, I think. Hold on. I think he might have actually been reading the page because I'm looking it over right now. And sure enough, clear as day, it says Among Us there. So it's not the Phantom Among Us. It just so happens that we don't know who said Among Us. And it's actually on the page. Like I'm not I'm not doubting that the story I'm not doubting that the story <laughs> had like Among Us or not. I just know that. I think all of us heard somebody go Amogus. It it was probably <laughs> me, but the scariest thing is what do I you can't mean? say for certain How do you not know if you said Amogus or not? I can't remember. I'm, add, I'm adding this to the uh, to the to the podcast lore. We're adding you know all of our inside jokes and just the Phantom Among Us with like three question marks by it. Maybe a fourth one. I feel Among like it's worthy of it. Mongoose, yeah. How'd you choose your name? In the Halo Two days, uh, I was when we when I first got the game. Me and my brother were playing it, and uh, there was uh, they were playing on a map with a with a snow level, and you couldn't really see what people's mm-hmm. names were because of the the textures and the colors. And I thought I saw another player, and his name was uh, uh, Dirty Cornrows, and I was like, "That's an awesome name." So I used that for a while, and then I switched from Dirty Cornrows to Shaggy Dreadlocks. So that's that's the entire story. Nice. I guess uh, I guess I'm curious. Is there anything that you want to say before we dig into anything else yourself, Locke? Any announcements? Any? Um, sure. I mean, uh, if you are going to be looking for more stuff to read, uh, for the Halloween season, uh. So last year I did a, uh, I got together with uh, nine other authors and we did a series of 10 SCPs for the month of October. Like they're literally, you know, sort of like a little special event. Like we did it, like we posted like 
one a day every day as part of this ongoing story. And now this October, I am like tripling down. I got together with uh, 30 other authors and we're going to have a horror SCP anthology. So the whole month of October will be like a, sure like a freak fest of horror SCPs. That sounds awesome. So that'll be, that'll be exciting. Coming I mean, at least we now know what we're going to be doing for the month of October. Yeah, easy content. Hell yeah. So I think now would actually be the time for us to get into the discussion of uh, whatever SCP you've brought to the table. Okay, so we have a choice here. Um, I don't know, because you guys said uh, we have, I think we have like, what, roughly like 45 minutes left, give or take? Okay, so I think the the ones that I originally thought we were going to go with are probably going to be a little too long, because each one's about an hour read, uh, give or take. Unless, um, we, you know, we, we could probably do, um, we could probably do one and just leave out one of the, uh, one of the exploration logs. So let's do, we could do SCP-783 and we'll just, uh, that one has two page, uh, three pages to it, but we could just read the first two and that should like get us to a good time where we're all comfortable. 783. So this is going to be good. Yeah. This is basically, uh. Because when it's what like again like uh you know they're all really original concepts a lot of people don't like uh to see like oh well this is just X from whatever media copied into SCP so like I want to try to challenge myself to do like uh well they say that you can't really do Slenderman as an SCP what if I just do Slenderman as an SCP except make it you know a little bit different make it kind of my own so that's what this is basically like a, a Slenderman XP. Ooh, that sounds exciting. awesome. All right, so who is going to start it off? Or do I? I don't know. I don't know how you guys do this. Matt's usually our designated narrator, but you are the guest, yeah. All right, so uh, SCP-783, and we got an image of some wonked out, stretched out, gross-looking arm. It says, uh, right arm of SCP-783. The object class is Keter, and this is level 3 slash 783 classified. Special Containment Procedures Personnel must monitor the town of Tembi and continue to develop the entity's profile. Its victims are to be retrieved, incinerated, and cataloged in this file. Update Due to recent events, a stronger Foundation presence has been determined to be necessary for the containment of SCP-783 and its related phenomena. An ancillary building near the local hospital, as well as two domiciles, have been commandeered from the locals for Foundation use. This property in its entirety has been redesignated as Provisional Site 5. Uh, description SCP-783 is a hostile entity currently preying upon the residents of Tembi, a rural hamlet in Oxfordshire, England. It has a period of activity lasting roughly 70 days over the fall and winter months occurring every 12 years. It exclusively attacks those who are alone and indoors after sunset. Buildings housing SCP-783's current target will experience a steady degradation of their structural integrity. Outwardly, this is visible as faults and breaks on the outer facade which lend affected structures an angled or crooked appearance. 
This anomaly extends to any objects which breach the affected building's exterior, causing immediate and severe deformation that is invariably fatal to living subjects. To date, personnel have yet, uh, personnel have yet to prevent an attack or been able to provide any means of assistance to SCP-783's targets. Due to this, as well as SCP-783's effects on recording equipment, little is known regarding its exact appearance and the nature of its <coughs> anomalous uh, attributes. Victims of SCP-783 attack exhibit gross deformations in their body structure as a result of dozens of compound fractures along their long bones and severely displaced vertebrae. These are healed via the rapid generation of excessive cartilage and osseous tissue. Victims display hyperelasticity of their epidermis and musculature to accommodate the extra tissue, with one subject's forearm extending over 2.4 meters, and another having a recorded height of 12.5 meters. The end result of this malformation and elongation are subjects who are visually present as being wholly serrated or gnarled. Despite the nature of these injuries, most victims are alive after the cessation of an SCP-783 attack though they often suffer full-body paralysis or remain in a persistent vegetative state. 27 living specimens have been acquired and placed on life support. They are held in a wing of the local hospital, requisitioned for Foundation Youth. The residents of Tembe are aware of the existence of SCP-783, though speaking of it publicly is considered taboo. Researchers have documented a playground, uh, a playground song shared among local youths regarding the anomaly. There lived, there lived a crooked man who made a crooked deal. He kept a crooked crane. A crooked... I am just... Tongue twisters. He kept a crooked cane and his catch in crooked creel. He stole a crooked child who cried a crooked squeal. And that crooked little man was broken on the wheel. Right, I think I'm running out of breath. Somebody want to take over for observation? Observation. Incident log appended. A month prior to SCP-7 in a Foundation-owned property in Tenby, audio-slash-video recording equipment The following was recorded on the video log. Second floor bedroom. D-Class 209 is laying upright in bed reading a novel. In the living room, live feed experiences a jagged vertical distortion this begins on the left of the frame near the front door and crosses over to the right side to the hallway. It lasts approximately 23 seconds. The first floor hallway. Floodlights, or shit. Floodlights from a window oppose the center frame, masking the object. The image quality further degrades. In the second floor bedroom, D-Class 209, alert claims to hear a slow, prolonged scratching sound coming from the first floor. He begins to get up out of bed. Note, SCP-783 manifestation. And uh, next to this is a picture with that's all green, kind of like squiggly black line. 2236. Second floor stair. Image becomes wavy and disordered. No. Second floor bedroom. Slow, deliberate footsteps. D-Class 209 attempts. D-Class pr procures him from the nightstand and makes several attempts to smash. Second floor hallway. Sudden video corruption affects the camera. The image resolves over the span of 30 seconds as it moves farther down the hall. 
at this point, the only affected area in the recording in the bedroom. D-class freezes. A knock is heard at the door. 2238. In the second floor bedroom, D-class approaches the door, wielding the lamp as a cudgel. He asks for the individual at response. He then asks control of any personnel entry. Observing personnel maintain radios. D-Class braces himself and grabs the doorknob with his free hand. D-Class throws the door open. Note, a loud snapping noise is heard throughout the house. All light bulbs in the premises burst simultaneously, including floodlights focused on the... 2240. In the second floor bathroom, once the camera adjusts to low light... Uh, in the second floor room... D-Class 2090 is, is screaming, clutching his right knob. It's just been fractured just above the elbow and dangles freely, presumably due to rapid bone growth. D-Class 209 floating, shouts his intent to escape with his life and charges from the room. 2241, second floor hallway. As D-Class runs past the bathroom, a loud snapping noise is heard. D-Class falls to the ground. And he reports that his leg has been broken. In the hallway, D-Class is able to bring himself to a stand. He displays his right arm for the camera, which has been broken below the elbow. It's angled in the opposite direction from the pre. D-Class curses, observing that reports that his pain is mostly subsided. Second floor stairs. When trying to navigate the stairs, the D-class trip falls. Twelve loud snaps are heard in rapid succession. Upon coming to a rest, D-class exhibits several more fractures in various places that are set in spasms on the landing. 2314. On the stairs, D-class begins to ambulate. He starts to crawl, eventually passing out of frame. 2326. In the first floor living room. D-Class can be seen dragging himself into the room with difficulty due to his cumbersome limbs. Each arm is estimated to be in length, with several inflexible breaks. In the kitchen, SCP-783-2331. In the living room, D-Class occupies the majority of the living room. His lower legs stretch out of front of the hallway. He has a hand on the knob of the front door, but the length of his fingers impairs the dexterity required. The scratching sound is audible in the hallway. D-Class expresses distress and off-camera. He begins to scream. No, SCP-783 and Deke of the Night. Snapping is heard intermittently. D-Class ceases screaming. At 5.01, a wet suckling noise can be heard, followed by rapid thumping. I don't like the sound of that. <laughs> no. That's mm. horrifying. Matt, I think it's your turn now. Incident seven eight three point one. Is this mine? Yeah. Yes, it's you. Concurrent with the noises heard at five o'clock at one minute during the D two D nine trial, all twenty seven living victims in the foundation care went into a seizure state. Despite the fact that the majority were brain dead or wholly paralyzed, they convulsed for several minutes. Two present researchers were injured during the incident and life support systems for several patients were compromised, killing five. A vast quantity of Earth was disturbed on the outskirts of town during this incident. 
And is the update back to lock, or am I finishing this? You can do the update. There's not a lot. All right. That's the last part. <clears throat> Personnel tasked with investigating the recent seismic event were met with resistance from Tembi locals who crowded around an area in a field to the south of town. After a brief exchange, Agent Collins drew her firearm and discharged a round into the air. The crowd then dispersed. Several elongated toes were immediately uh, visible protruding from the freshly exposed earth. Oh, that's, that's not right. A dig team was assembled, and by the following afternoon had unearthed a mass grave approximately five meters across, containing several dozen nude victims of SCP-783. The bodies were well-preserved, yet very desiccated. Their number was unable to be immediately ascertained owing to the fact that they had been piled one on top of the other. They were oriented head down, with their limbs extending deeper into the pit. Furthermore, most of the victims' limbs had become intertwined or knotted around each other, preventing exhumation without the use of sawing instruments. Researcher Singer elected to extract a tissue sample, and during this process the soil beneath him caved and he tumbled into the pit. The bodies shifted due to his weight. As he struggled to gain footing, the tangle of limbs gave way and he fell well out of sight. Agent Collins promptly commandeered a length of rope, tied it around her waist. She tasked several nearby personnel with reeling her in upon signal and entered the pit. Approximately 20 meters worth of rope was drawn beneath the corpses as Agent Collins descended. The line became <coughs> taut after several minutes. She signaled for extraction and was recovered safely. Upon debrief, the agent testified to the existence of an anomalous locale, the entrance to which is located beneath the victim's corpses. A temporary leave of absence was granted to Agent Collins. All well, right. That's oh, just fucked. That's fucked up. And if you think that's fucked, I think uh, go through the first exploration log where they check out this. I'm, I'm definitely interested. Mass grave. And that sure. should get us to a good time. Yeah, this is, this is I, quite I, fun. I swear to God, if one of those motherfuckers isn't named Armstrong, I'm throwing a fit. Huh. Nice. Good. All right. So I'll get this uh, kicked off here. SCP-783-L1. Uh, hold on. The first. This is a initial D-class exploration for observational purposes. Retrieval of the MIA personnel is a secondary objective. So on this page, uh, the following is the first recorded exploration regarding the SCP-783 case file. Please refer to the primary documentation for, uh, documentation for further information. I shot a uh, half hour into the feed. Uh, oh, you know what? We could actually break this up. Who wants to do uh, the black text? And then I'll do the white sections. Uh, I can do the black text if so I'm not. somebody else wants. Go for it. Right. So let's see. Where do we stop in the field log here? Uh, start uh D two ones like that. You know, uh, ah, I just, would do just, the just do the, okay, the white. Okay, that's good. Yeah, I'll do the white boxes. <clears throat> At o o thirty four hours, D two one seven two is chosen to perform preliminary observation of the subterranean Tembi anomaly, a large circular pit acting as a mass grave for the twisted and elongated corpses of past SCP-783 victims, all facing downward. D-2172 is suited in MOPP Level 4 gear and fitted with a retractable harness. Communication video recording devices were hardlined to the tether. 
They were provided with a handheld photoionization detector, a Geiger counter, and other environmental testing apparatuses. They were allotted a basic survival kit, as well as a Ruger LC-9 ample ammunition. Expedition was scheduled to commence at 0800 local time, but does not begin until 0835. This is due to a minor issue regarding 2172's personal protective garments. Despite being a proper size for the frame, D2172 proved incapable of fitting them on, even with the assistance of personnel. Larger gear had to be supplied. Transmission begins as D-2172 is being lowered via crane over the pit of victims. They prod their foot into a fold between the coiled torso part. They look up and signal for the technician to you. Visual feed reduces in clarity intermittently as limbs and bodies pass close to the lens. Twelve meters of tether are expended before daylight is completely obscured. The D-class's headlamp activates. Nothing of note can be seen from... Descent is put on hold when D-2172 begins to thrash. They become insistent that command resume the descent and at a faster rate, and caressing their back. At 18 meters, the D-class reports a sense of vertigo and expresses confusion regarding the direction of travel. After a brief discussion with command, it is determined that D-2172 experience an inversion of gravity. They manage to reorient themselves and proceed to climb upward from their perspective in order to continue descent. Ambient light levels begin to increase as 20 meters of tether are expended. Daylight can be seen shortly thereafter. An overcast sky is captured as D217 surface. The surrounding area is partially obscured, however, due to the countless elongated arms extending upwards from the mass of corpses. The D-Class utilizes two of these appendages as leverage in order to fully extricate themselves. They slowly navigate towards solid ground. The area is seen to perfectly replicate the town of Tembe as it exists in baseline reality. D-2172 is standing in a field on the outskirts of town. To the north is a small stone cottage belonging to a Mr. John Myers, and beyond that, the main road into town. The D-Class turns for a panorama shot. Sparsely wooded areas and fields are his location in every other direction confirming that this replication is absolute for as far as can be seen. Thermal and atmospheric readings match those in baseline. The D-Class disengages their harness, with audio-visual feed converting to a wireless stream via relay device. The D-Class is then instructed to use their photoionization detector of the soil. While D-2172 is testing the sample, researcher Quest notices an oddity regarding the soil surrounding the mass grave on 2172's end. Upon playback of the footage, dozens of marks can be seen in the soft earth. The pattern of these markings suggests that they had been created by fingers being drawn to the ground. This is noted by command. The D-Class is not informed of this development. Good old SCP Council. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Should we tell him? No, no, let's yeah. not tell him. Fuck that guy. <laughs> uh, D-Class reports that... <laughs> <clears throat> reports that no contaminants have been detected. Command instructs them next to proceed to the Myers cottage and to remain vigilant for any sign of researcher Singer. D-Class arrives and knocks thrice on the door. They pause awaiting an answer and proceed to enter. The cottage appears to be uninhabited. D-Class rummages through the first room, finding nothing of note, and walks into the bedroom. On the wall over the bed is a rough sketch done in charcoal. It depicts the upper body of a reclined humanoid figure holding a rod or staff. 
its free hand is outstretched above the headrest, and we got it like there. Right. Uh, 2172 is instructed to approach and inspect the drawing. They are hesitant, professing to feel a great sense of unease while in the drawing's presence. They advance slowly. With each step in its direction comes a decrease in the quality to break up. By the time the drawing was within arm's reach, the video feed is obscured by heavy amounts of static. The audio is drowned out by a shrill whistling noise. Before the D-Class can touch the drawing, Command orders them to withdraw. They acquiesce and back away. Interference is reduced to nominal levels. D-Class is permitted to exit the premises and explore the village proper. They walk in silence for a few minutes before a road sign for Tembi becomes visible. They travel down a bend in the road, where on the ground they find a single work boot. Picking it up and turning it over in their hands, it becomes clear that it matches those belonging to Researcher Singer. D-Class intuits the direction he could have ran, and points out a nearby home. It is a two-story dwelling with a single front lawn, or with a sizable front lawn housing a witch elm. The tree is noticeably dead. The ground around it is loose. The front door of the abode is wide open. D- hmm. Director Kim, at the time acting as command and overseeing the excursion, requests to be relieved of duty, citing the onset of a debilitating migraine. They are escorted to their quarters by Agent Collins. Researcher Bond steps in for Director Kim, which hyperlinks to SCP-3980. That is uh, another one of mine. Uh, right. Relation. Uh, D-2172 crosses the foyer and enters the living room. There are signs of previous struggle. The couch is overturned, as is the small end table. There is a hole in the wall on the bottom of the floor. D-2172 steps over the shattered remains of a tabletop lamp and into the adjoining kitchen. This room is in a similar state of disarray. Dishes, foodstuffs, and appliances that would have been on the shelves or countertop litter the floor leading back to the living room. Most of these items have incurred damage suggesting they had been struck or thrown with considerable force. As the D-Class enters the uh, nears the sink, a small pool of blood can be seen on the floor. There is a clear pattern of cast-off spatter on the walls and counter, with long strokes indicating that an assailant delivered several successive blows with the bladed needles to take a sample of the blood, and upon standing, a butcher's block can be seen laying on its side next to the sink. All of the slots are filled save for the one intended for a meat cleaver. D-Class notes this fact. A series of passive blood stains leads from D-2172's location and toward the door on the far end of the room. The door is heavily pockmarked and scratched, indicating assault. It is found to be locked from the other side. The D-Class attempts to kick the door in, but only manages to splinter some wood along the doorframe before becoming winded after three attempts. They walk back towards the other end of the kitchen, take a deep breath, and charge at the door. The D-Class shoulders the door at full speed, breaching it successfully. Their momentum carries them over the door's threshold where they panic and brace the wall for support in order to stop themselves from falling down a flight of stairs leading to the basement. The D-Class gains their bearings and is chided for their reckless behavior. Command instructs them to enter the basement. After trying the light switch, which fails to produce, which fails to produce a result, they have a brief discussion with Command on the merits of documenting the contents of the basement and place heavy emphasis on the value of their own life. They are eventually persuaded to continue on threat of being cast adrift. Hmm. D-2172 activates their headlamp. They draw their firearm, disengage the safety, and carefully descend in a low ready stance, 
hugging the wall opposite the railing. The basement is largely empty. The D-Class sweeps the area, and something on the ground in the far corner of the room glints under the light of their headlamp. D-Class approaches and finds the missing meat cleaver, wet with blood. They kneel to inspect the cleaver, and upon standing they notice a a quarter meter wide hole in the concrete wall, an exhaust vent leading above ground. A piece of fabric is dangling from inside it. Closer inspection reveals it to be a pant leg. The D-Class pulls at the article, which is found to be a tattered pair of tan slacks previously worn by researcher Singer. A rustling is heard from within the vent. The D-Class leans in closer to inspect, and something fleshy can be seen, which quickly moves up a bend into the pipe and out of sight. The D-Class promptly withdraws from the premises. Due to the discoveries within the domicile, researcher Singer is presumed to have been killed in action. D-2172 is instructed to travel out of town in order to further document the nature of the area itself and determine its actual boundaries, if any. Little of note occurs for the next 40 minutes as the D-Class travels north and out of town down Tembe's main street. D-2172 is now outside uh, Tembe's town limits continuing on the main road, which now winds through a densely wooded... This geography remains consistent with that of baseline for the following two kilometers, at which point the forest gives way to fields. It is not until a small cottage is spotted ahead that D-2172 expresses concern. They stop and survey the surrounding area, revealing that they had somehow emerged back on the south side of Tembe. The D-Class conveys to command that they cannot see the limbs of SCP-70 victims, which should have been visible extending out of the body pit. They diverge from the path and run towards the expected location of the victims. Upon reaching it, there is a large circular area of overturned soil and a distinct lack of corpses. There are no signs of his presence here either. A previously discarded sample bag, along with the relay device and accompanying tether harness, are absent. The D-Class begins to panic and is instructed to hold their position while command decides upon a course of action. Researcher Bond confers with the on-hand technician to confirm the status of the D-Class's harness. It is relayed that it had not been retracted prematurely, nor had any length of tether been expended since the D-Class set aside their harness. After some deliberation, it is determined that D-2172 has possibly entered an iterative spatial zone situated adjacent from their original area of entry. It is then decided that exploration beyond this point would best be handled by personnel who are experienced with excursions of this nature. The D-Class is then instructed to follow the road back towards the entry point. The D-Class is traveling down the road through the silver birch forest at a brisk pace, idly conversing with command. It is as they remark on the absence of any form of life that a rustle of leaves can be heard. The D-Class turns towards the source of the noise to find a naked body of an elongated SE victim. It is sprawled across the road, unmoving, a few dozen meters away. The D-Class swears loudly and then continues on their path. Another SCP-73 victim is stretched along the road before him, some distance away, also unmoving. The D-Class withdraws their firearm and takes a step towards it. A rustling and snapping sound can then be heard behind him, who again turns to face the victim behind him. Although the body's position remains unchanged, it is clear that the trunk and arms have grown and elongated, twisting and breaking, placing them closer to D-2172. More snapping can be heard once again from behind him. 
they rapidly turn and fire at the SCP-73 victim, barring their path, whose neck had elongated and bent such that it placed their head roughly a meter away from the D-class, at eye level. Though several rounds are discharged directly into its face, it elicits no reaction. Snapping can be heard once again from the unobserved victim behind the D-class, who absconds from between the entities by running off into the woods. D-class runs for several minutes afterward, ignoring command's advice to keep the road within view. They eventually stop to catch their breath and recuperate, coming to rest momentarily on a large rock. There is no sign of pursuit from the victims. The D-class uses this opportunity to reload their firearm. Upon holstering it, they take some time to consume an MRE. They consult with command on their relative position and determine the proper direction of travel. A moment is taken to alleviate. The trek is largely uneventful over the next 14 minutes before the D-class stops. They claim to feel minute vibrations in the ground coming in short, punctuated bursts. Although they are assured that the sensation may be attributable to the unstable region of space-time in which they are in, something that should not be concerning, they insist on remaining still, listening. They inform command of a muted thumping noise coinciding with each vibration. This is not picked up on audio. They advance carefully, again readying their firearm. Off in the far distance, the camera captures a single silver birch tree being lifted vertically up and out of sight above the tree line. The D-Class does not seem to have witnessed it. As Command attempts to communicate this to the D-Class, it comes back down through the treetops, through the treetops, much closer to D-2172, and impacts the ground with enough force to shake the ground. It can now be seen that despite its thickness and mottled white coloration, that it is not in fact a birch tree. From the D-Class's vantage point, it can be seen to not have any branches, and it extends to a point somewhere above the canopy. The D-Class is instructed to approach and physically inspect it. Before they can act upon this, another such object comes down directly next to them, knocking them to the ground. Once on their feet, they approach the second object. They pause once they see the faint impression of ridges and grooves running, running along the object's side, and opposite of it, a flattish, hoardy nail plate. D-2172 fires at the object and draws blood. It quickly withdraws. A deep, protracted scream emanates from above the D-Class, who breaks into a run. D-2172 runs through the forest, swearing incessantly and begging for some form of assistance or support from command. As they run, more objects crash down around them, seemingly trying to hit him directly. They break from the forest. They are now in the northern outskirts of Tembe. As the D-Class hurries to close the distance to town, Another of the unidentified objects collides with them, knocking them on their back. The object comes to rest besides them, taking up the majority of the visual feed. D-2172's gaze follows the object, tracing up its length. Without the, without the obstruction of the canopy, it can be seen to bend and twist, terminating several hundred meters in the air. D-2172 screams when they discover its source. The nude form of Researcher Singer is suspended high in the air balanced on elongated and grossly enlarged fingers. Oh, that's that's fucked. Researcher Bond stands from her position at the control console, doubles over, and proceeds to vomit profusely. A member of medical staff rushes to her side in time to catch her. She falls unconscious. Dr. Peterson elects to take her place at the command <laughs> console. 
Agent Collins arrives to help carry researcher Bond to the medical bay where she is to receive corrective treatment. The singer creature screams a hollow sound, lifting one finger from somewhere deep within the silver birch grove, felling several trees as they drag it towards D-217. The D-class rolls to their feet, or uh, rolls to the left and out of its path. They withdraw their weapon and fire at Singer, failing to hit the mark. The Singer creature can then be seen to lift its left hand, slowly drawing its digits together to grab D-2172. The D-class swiftly comes to a stand and runs in the opposite direction. The digits can be heard colliding with one another behind them. They safely reach the main road, and do not slow their pace as they follow it through town. Loud thumping can be heard as the Singer creature ambulates on their digits D-2172 narrowly avoids a finger as it sweeps past them to the right, crashing through a chain-link fence surrounding one of the houses. Another finger plummets through the roof, and the roof of an abode ahead of D-2172. The D-class swears repeatedly as they come around the bend where they found Researcher Singer's boot. They pass the road sign, nearly falling as they trip over their own feet. The D-class's pace begins to slow as they are clearly becoming winded. The Myers Cottage comes into view, and shortly thereafter, arms can be seen extending out from the body pit. Command encourages D-2172, urging them to reach the pit and assuring them that the technician standing by is prepared to reel them back in. The singer creature screeches. D-2172 is knocked aside with great force, tumbling into the field. Visual feed is lost due to incurred damage. D-2172 can be heard grunting and cussing with ambient volumes suggesting that they are getting farther and farther away from the recorder. The thumping of the singer creature's fingers can be heard becoming more and more distant as well. Silence is recorded for the final half hour. Dr. Peterson orders the termination of the audio feed and declares the D-class as lost. It is decided that D-2172's harness may be recalled for future use. Agent Collins arrives in the control room and discusses the matter with Dr. Peterson. Collins asserts that there is no evidence that the D-Class was captured or had expired. Citing an ethics committee mandate on the exploration of non-incursive extra-dimensional locales, they persuade Dr. Peterson to leave available D-2172's harness. Several personnel remain on hand over the next several hours. At 02.13 local time, the presiding technician reports that they witnessed the tether moving. After a moment of stillness, they are able to observe it becoming briefly taut as the line is tugged on twice D-2172's signal for extraction. Medical personnel are notified as it is anticipated that the D-class will need to be tended to. After a minute, D-2172's empty body harness breaks the surface. It appears that none of the straps had been properly secured prior to being recalled. The harness seems to be caught on something within the pit. The tether continues to retract, revealing the hand of D-2172 grasping to the harness, which slips out of their grip. D-2172's hand can be seen to move animatedly, attempting to grab a hold of something to keep it from slowly sinking back into the mass of corpses. D-209 rushes towards the pit, grabbing hold of the other D-class's hand moments before it falls out of sight. They begin to sink into the knot of bodies as well. D-774, Dr. Lafayette, and Private Odd quickly come in to assist D-209, forming a human chain, and with their combined strength, begin to pull the pair of D-class from the pit. D-209 is successfully extricated. His arms are now outstretched, hands still grasping that of D-2172, whose hand comes back into view. As the four men pull, approximately three meters of D-2172's forearm are dislodged from the body pit. It begins to bend and snap at several new points of articulation. D-209 lets go, and D- Well, that's spooky. Uh, 
Yeah, that like that, that little moment of false hope where like you think they're gonna save him and then it's just like more fucked up. I mean, there was yeah. no way that D class was gonna be alive, but fuck. That's that's a bad way it's to a glimmer. go. It's a glimmer. Hmm. Nothing much that you can do, but I mean the use of body horror in this is of course unsettling. Very. Uh yeah, I I, I really like the uh the actual like exploration logs i think that they're a kind of a new change of pace because usually you don't really get this with a lot of scps because it's mostly like a creature or an object but there's like more to the story now and it's like oh well i don't know the mystery continues to get uh deeper and deeper now we need to figure out you what exactly is going the mystery on deepers yeah it's getting getting further in um, yeah taking a <laughs> Yeah, it's getting deeper and deeper, just like uh, you know, like how we're hopping down the flesh hole. Yeah, it's getting balls deep. <laughs> yeah, balls. I would deep describe in the flesh Pod hole. from Jackson balls pretty deep. well. Oh god, <laughs> I don't, I don't want to think about the corpse flesh hole being filled. <laughs> <laughs> he knows what he did. He yeah, fuck you, Todd. Uh, but yeah, thank you so much for coming on the podcast and answering our questions and uh, giving us a little bit of insight into how you work on these SCPs. And we're, I, I, I mean, I think everyone here can at least agree that we are all excited to see especially when you get around uh, to what October has one. in store for us. Yeah. yeah. Thank, thanks for having me on. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> we're looking forward to it. That yeah. sounds very spooky. That's uh, a little messed up. I, uh, I must say seven, eight, three new favorite. Very spooky. Ooh, oh, thank you. Especially the uh, very spooky. The especially spooky is that right arm of SCP seven eight three victim. I really like that when it oh. when it is just like a really well done image. Tells a lot more than uh than anything the writing. Can yeah, like there was a there was one that I was looking at, um, that basically just looked like a just like a, a photo, and then like they just went into like paint and just <laughs> blacked it out. And I was like, oh, that's that's cool, I guess. But like, I, I, I feel like the most the best SCPs, like when they have photos, uh, they they don't censor a lot. Or if they censor things, there's like something that at least gives us like an unsettling feeling because, I mean, pictures are worth a thousand words. So you got to make it worth it. Yeah. Yeah, I'm glad that you included that uh, in in the actual piece itself, too. It was very fun, though. Very, very fun. Oh, yeah. Thank you for writing, and thank you for coming on. Thanks, fellas. Thank you so much. All right. Peace out. We love you. Peace. Bye.